Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is the Cindy and Joe Show on Between the Whistles of Detroit, your hometown team. And Cindy, me and you were having a great conversation about the Red Wings, and I had something I heard from an executive that I was talking to yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pr- pretty interesting what he said. Oh, I got a note. Well, I do know, but now everybody else needs to know because it plays right into what I'm going to talk about, Joe. I've got a hot. Normally, you have all the hot takes and all the bold predictions, but I've got one. But I want to hear what your executive said first. What's your insider telling you? So, me and you have sources. That's obvious, right? We were right. first on the Blashill thing. We were first on the Mantha thing. We were first on a lot of stuff, right? This guy who I was talking to is he—he's an executive of a major NHL team. Obviously, they're in the playoffs this year. They've been in the playoffs for a while, actually. But he said this, and I was pretty taken back because I asked him about Jeff Blash and what he would do if he was in charge of it. And his basic description is that everybody in the league, when they when they seen that Jeff Blash and the Red Wings were getting off to a hot start, they were like. Okay, how the hell is Jeff Blashell doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so so not only are they saying how the hell is he doing this, but they're like, can he keep it up? Because the consensus around, you know, hockey executives was he wasn't going to keep it up because he plays in the toughest division in hockey. He plays against some of the toughest teams in hockey in his division, and they're like, there's no way he's going to be able to keep it up. He said, you know, the the, the funny part was he said. You know, we were all waiting for them to fall off, but they lasted a little bit longer than they should have. But he goes, they fell off right when we expected it to. Because he goes, and he goes, obviously the fans are a little bit mad because, you know, he did good in early on. He did good, uh, you know, with the team. And they were getting wins and they're staying in the playoff race for that part. But he goes, once you got into the light, later part of the season and you're playing teams like Toronto and, and Carolina and Tampa Bay and, and Boston, he goes, that's when he knew this is going to be done. They He goes, they really don't have a guy like in their on their defense besides Cider and Heronic that could start on a playoff team right now. Right. And that's, that's what's basically what he was saying. He's like, he's like, so does he, he does he think does he think that uh Stevie Y is gonna make a coaching change? He could potentially, but they really they a lot of them that they're you know consensus around people they're, they're they they talk to they don't think it'd be a wise move. 
because if you're going if you're going and and, and you're talking to people and you're asking them you know there's a lot of coaches in the NHL that are you know have better pedigrees that have had worse years you know I mean look right. at look at Vegas for instance they're going to miss the playoffs and they have one of the better teams in the NHL Peter DeBoer is a hot name with you know coaching because he's you know he's been in the playoffs before and he's done a lot of things but I mean it's it just comes down to the brass tacks of you're not talented enough and you you kind of brought something up about how you think that they have so much talent coming up of the pike and I agree with you 100% so does the guy he actually says that he's he thinks that the rubbings have some of the best prospects he's seen especially in the Swedish circles with Wallander and right i mean i'll go so far as to say this i believe and here's my bold prediction or my hot take i believe (laughs) (laughs) i believe that the detroit red wings right now in their system have another 2002 team i think they've got seven identifiable players who could very well be in contention to be in the hall of fame. I think they got seven potential hall of famers right now in their system and everybody's going, Oh my gosh, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, those teams are like once in a blue moon, they rarely come along, but I'll tell you with where their prospects are at right now. I believe that you have the possibility of seeing another one of those, you know, like clan, one of those unbelievable rosters coming up and I will tell you who I think the seven likely hall of famers or potential hall of famers could be are you ready for this Joe you're going to tell me if you agree let's go Dylan Larkin easy answer yep well you know what it wasn't so easy in the last few years when there were some doubts about whether or not you know Dylan was going to have to have a pivotal season he was going to have a pivotal season and whether or not he was going to be able to show that he could wait, step oh, up and be wait, a leader wait. remember when i was defending larkin i told you if he gets some players on his on his wing that actually help him out he could be a he could be a great player absolutely and, and but i also heard a lot of talk and, and i agree with you uh you know we heard a lot of talk that he was no better than a third line center on mm-hmm. any other team and so on and so forth but here's the thing and i'm going to agree with you you are absolutely right Dylan Larkin stepped up, had that pivotal season, even though he was had some personal challenges, which God bless him for that. I, I feel you, Dylan. I've been there, done that myself. So I get it. Um, and man, he had a lot to overcome, but he did that. That's what champions do. That's what winners do. That's what Hall of Fame players do. And his performance, uh, I, I think, is he's definitely on the way to potentially being a Hall of Famer. So Dylan Larkin, you were right, Joe, and he made it happen. So Tyler Bertuzzi. Easy. Easy. Tyler Tyler is so damn versatile. He is so um, amazingly, man, the guy is always there. He's just there. He's there where he needs to be. He is, I think, the really the glue that holds a lot of that, um, a lot of the offense together. And I think that he is really, um, man, just, you know, a quiet guy, goes about quietly doing his business, but he's always there getting the business done. Tyler Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. Next one. We're going to go in the forwards. We're sticking in the forwards. Jacob Vrana. Jacob Vrana, absolutely. Just his dynamic play, the way that he is just, you know, he's a playmaker. His puck handling. 
get out of here. Jacob Verana, to me, is an absolute star in the making and potential Hall of Famer. Agreed. All right. Here's one that you haven't heard about. You heard a little bit about him, but you haven't heard an awful lot about him yet, but you will. Um, Cause I'm not, I'm going to skip the, uh, the obvious one. Okay. For right now. But uh, here's one you haven't heard about these in the prospect pool. And that is Jonathan Bergren. I think Jonathan Bergren, man, you look at his play so far in the Swedish league and he is far and away. Uh, you can just see his skill level, talent, um, his ability to read the plays, his ability to, um, I mean, fast. Uh, he, he broke, has broke the rookie record for the uh, the Grand Rapids Griffins for points in the season two for a rookie. Yeah, I, it, right. It, yeah, I mean, he was the guy was just so well tested in multiple leagues, and he has proven himself to be a standout player every time. I think Jonathan Bergeron is Hall of Famer in the making. I think he'll be. Yeah, I think I don't know if he'll be a Hall of Famer, but I think he'll be a great player for for the Red Wings going forward. And I think I think he might be on the roster next year. I think he will be too. And then the obvious one, and I say the obvious one among the forwards, and that is Lucas Raymond. I think there is absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind that Lucas Raymond, if he continues and stays healthy and continues doing what he's doing, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, easy. Yeah. yeah. So those are my kind of the four real easy ones. And then the one that was, you know, I, I think he's going to pull it out. I, I think what you've seen from him is uh, he just gets some more ice time, get him in the, up on the NHL ice. And uh, you, you give him some ice time and he's going to show you what he can do. Um, there are two in the defensemen that even though our defense is weak, everybody knows that's where our weakness is. I think there are two players, uh, one on the current roster and one that's uh, coming up in the prospects that are going to be Hall of Famers. And that is obviously Mo Sider, who mm -hmm. should absolutely be rookie of the year. They said he's not really concentrating on the Calder right now. How can you not, though? How can you not think? Calder Trophy winner when you think of Mo Sider. He has been an absolute integral part. Uh, he's proven to be just, we've talked about Mo Sider. I mean, I don't think we can say more about him in terms of how he um, is a two-way player, how he reads the plays, how he has just been, he's fit right into this Red Wings organization. And, you know, he says he's been a little overwhelmed being on NHL ice. You'd never know it because no. the guy is so poised and controlled um, to he's show that kind of, He's been great. He's been awesome. Oh, you just can't. I mean, I'll, I I will be absolutely – I was really ticked, by the way, when Cade Cunningham came in third in the Rookie of the Year race. We'll talk about that later, right? Mm -hmm. But if they do that to Mo Sider, I, I might just commit Harry Carey. I don't <laughs> even know what to do. I don't even know what to do with myself because how do you defend giving it to anybody but Mo Sider? So Mo Sider is on his way to – Talk to your uh, national news people. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to pull. I'm gonna have to pull in some juice for that one, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And if he'd be worth it. I'll tell you what. If I got to use my juice for anybody, boy, I'm gonna use it for most cider. It sounded gross, but anyway, I mean, I'm really gonna use whatever influence I have, and which is uh, incredibly limited. But I would give whatever I got. And the next one because you got. I believe in. What's that? Next one you got. Last one I got. Right off most cider. Right. Here's a, here's a guy who I think, and we've talked about him on the show before, as great as Mo Sider is, it is possible that this player could eclipse even who I believe to be the great Mo Sider, and that is Simon Edvinson. Mm -hmm. Simon Edvinson, um, I think, 
is really a generational player. And, you know, you've got one of the greatest defensemen ever, Nick Lindstrom, commented about both of these defensemen as in some respect being better than him and uh, you know Darren calls calls Lindstrom the perfect human and the perfect human is is saying that these two defensemen uh, he had great accolades for them so what does that tell you Um, so I think those are the seven Uh, those are seven potential hall of famers that the Detroit Red Wings have in their system right now. And if they get all these guys on the roster at the same time, and I'm thinking 2024 is going to be your, that's going to be your signature season, 2023, 24. Um, If they can get all these guys up there by then they will be absolutely formidable. Yeah. And you know, you said it uh, with the, you know, it could be seven potential hall of famers. I mean, obviously I think that's that, you know, that's not doesn't mean every one of them is going to be a Hall of Famer, but every one of them will be a useful player for to get to the you know Stanley Cup and win it. They'll sure there'll certainly be contenders for the Hall of Fame. I think they'll be cal- that kind of caliber. Yep. Uh, they all have that potential. And like you said, when you've got players that are moving into that, when we are even having a conversation like that about these seven guys, you get them all on the roster at the same time, and all those wheels are turning. Uh, what does that mean for the Red Wings? What does that mean? That means an absolute playoff spot. And that means a real shot at the cup. Yeah. I think there's a couple of players that, you know, I think will be huge time co- contributors when they get to the NHL roster. One of those guys is cross Hannes, you know, he plays in with the Portland Winterhawks. He's got 86 points in 63 games. He's been, he's a, he's a point per game player, pretty much 1.4 points per game. That's pretty impressive from a guy who is in the, the Western hockey league. And then you look at a guy like Liam Down, uh, Downer, Dower Nielsen, who plays yep. who plays for uh, for Londa. and uh, the guy's point for point per game player too. There, he has got one point four seven points in thirty four games. He's got fifty points. That's that's incredible. But I, I I really like the rubbings where they're going. I think I think I think a lot of people who are you know kind of down on them or think that. The rebuild's not going as fast as, as it should be, which is a total crock of bull. Because you you look at this team and you just you this team isn't stamped by Stevie Y yet. I mean, you've seen two of his prospects, like a, a Lucas Raymond, a Mo Sider, come into the fold, right? But yep. until you, until you get that third and fourth guy, like maybe it is like across hands. Maybe he makes it up to the big leagues real quick. Or maybe it's a, a, a Nielsen or a Wallander or someone of that oak because I think what he's doing is he's building this team the right way. He's obviously, you know, got some great prospects in the pool. And I just think that I just think that the uh, unnecessary, you know, speed up time that the fans, you know, are saying about like they should they should have made the playoffs this year, which that was never gonna happen. No, Stevie doesn't. I don't think Stevie's looking to build this team quickly. He's looking to build it right. And you, when you look at the people, the guys that he's brought on as prospects, you know, you named a couple of forwards and a defenseman. I'm going to flip it around and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to give you three more, uh, one more forward and two more defensemen who I think again could be significant support players in this for this team. And I think another one who's got potential greatness is Elmer Soderblom. Um, I mean, look what he, he's a big mountain of a man. 
big dude, 6'8", 250. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about bringing, you know, a mountain, like you said, a mountain of a man onto the ice. And there's, that's tremendous if the Red Wings are going toward a more physical style of play. Not to mention the fact that the guy's versatile. He plays right and left wing. They yeah. can use him wherever they need him. I think he's easily, you know, could could play on, you know, the second or third line. But I think a guy like that, you put him on the fourth line, and he's going to be, you know, a very strong foundation in that fourth line, and he's versatile. So Elmer Sadoblum, that's another one that I think we've got coming up. Uh, defenseman. Uh, you know, you mentioned William Wallander and uh, the potential that he's got, but, or, or uh, you know, Simon Edmondson. Let's not forget about, like you said, William Wallander. Let's talk about Albert Johansson. I mean, either one of those guys are going to bring tremendous value to the defense and they just, we just need to get them prepared and up on the ice, but Stevie's not going to do that until they're ready. He never does. I mean, he brings these guys up. I mean, we were all, you and I both, knew about Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond two years ago. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, we were salivating over these getting these guys up in the roster. Steve didn't bring them up until they were ready. And yep. uh, he seasoned them, uh, I think, in the best way possible, developed them, and now he's got them up and they're ready to actually be participants on the roster. He's not just bringing them up to give them ice time so that they can learn on the job. He's bringing up guys that are ready to do the job. And um, I think he's going to do the same thing with some of these defensemen. Yeah, I think the guy like Johansson, I think he'll take some time to get up there. I think two years, you know, at the, at the least. You look at a guy like uh, uh, Wallander, you know, he's got to get better on the offensive end. I think if he gets over the AHL, he could make he could get up here pretty quickly. Do you look at a guy like uh, Shea Boom, too, the, the, the uh, Denver defenseman? You know, he played on the national championship team that won the national championship just recently with Carter Missouri, the another Red Wings prospect who was on that team. You look at him, and he's he's a he's a physical force. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be one of your your top four defensemen, but he's going to be your top six, in my opinion. I think so, uh, and I, but I think the you know the other position we haven't talked about, Joe, where I do think we've got some vulnerability, and I think maybe Stevie might go shopping for um, in this off season, or maybe and try to maybe possibly even use his pick um, in the draft, and that is uh, you know in his goaltenders, you know, we talked about it last show and, you know, Sebastian Cosa, great. Another one who has some great potential to be a phenomenal standout player, but I don't think he's going to be ready until at least the 2024 season. Um, so Stevie's going to need to get some backup for Ned, you know, Ned's going to play. Uh, he'll be, um, I think he's on a starting goalie, or at least he's definitely on the roster for team USA and um, they refine his skills. And he's going to come back a better player for us next season, but he can't do it alone. And Grace is going to be gone. So, Steve's going to need to find someone else to help fill the net. And, uh, you know, Ned's going to need some support there. So I think you're going to see Steve looking for a goalie. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's goalies coming up. I think that some of these goalies that are, you know, in the prospect pool, like a, a Jorgen Von Port, you know, I can't say his last name because it's so, it's so wild. But <laughs> I know. Don't you love it? Like, I love, I loved your pronunciation of Johansson. I call him Johansson. 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 And then, you know, like you got like a guy like, uh, you have a guy like, uh, you know, Phil Larson. You have a jet, uh, you know, Jan Bednar. You have Victor Brodstrom, who is in the he's in the AHL right now. He's he's not doing too hot up there, but you know, you got Sebastian Kosa. He's he's with the Edmonton Oil Kings in the Western Hockey League, and he's got a 913 save percentage. And he's doing pretty good. He's in, that's in forty six games, and he's got a two twenty eight goals against average. 
I look at some of these guys, and I, I think obviously you, I think the reality of the situation is you add a goaltender every year in the draft, at least yeah. once. It's like you know when we were talking, uh, we were talking NFL draft with Dan Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, every year you're as a as a franchise, you're going to add a running back. It's the same thing in hockey. I mean, in, in hockey, yeah, you're going to add a goaltender to your roster in your prospects pool because you never know if you're going to need them, if they could be a steal, and if they could be a goalie that you could take forward in the future. Well, he certainly needs to get somebody for next season. And that's, I think, where his focus has to be in, in the offseason. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be coming available um, in other, you know, other positions. But um, I have yet to see any goalies that I think Stevie can target in the offseason to bring on. So hopefully somebody will become available or Steve will work his magic and, uh, you know, pull off some amazing trade or something like that. But uh I think he needs a netminder. I really do. And I think he's got to find another head coach. I know you, the argument that you'd made at the top of this segment was that, you know, don't make the coaching change. I think he has to make the coaching change because he has to shift the momentum. He's got to do something um, to put some points up on the board. And, and I think that Jeff, I think Jeff Blaschel is kind of uh, lived out his, his days here. And I think it's time to make a change. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really ready to go that way. I I don't think that uh, anything that Jeff Blaschel could have done or done, you know, it, it wasn't going to help this season. I mean, they have the toughest – they had the toughest schedule in hockey, you know, and they somehow – they somehow got to 70 points. They still played pretty well, pretty well but they – the reality of the situation is when, when it gets down to the brass tacks, you know, you either have the talent or you don't have the talent. Right now, Jeff Blaschel and the Rebels don't have the talent, so – I mean, you could bring it. You can bring another coach in, but then you're asking yourself, is this coach even, even going to be better than Jeff Blaschel? Because what Jeff Blaschel has done with a pretty incompetent roster is pretty pretty remarkable. Because you see a lot of you see a lot of other good teams that are missing the playoffs and not living up to the hype, and somehow the Red Wings have just been decent, but they haven't been great. Well, you know, and I think when you're leading that type of an environment and quite frankly, you know, to be fair to Jeff, he's had the situation for the last several years. It's not like he ever really had a chance, you know, his, his first year being head coach is when he had probably his best roster and now it's kind of coming back around. You know, he had several years of real, real work deals, horrible things to deal with as far as his environment went. But, you know, that wears a guy down. That wears a, a coach, a leader down. And I think that you need to shift that momentum. You need somebody who can take a fresh look at this with some fresh eyes, who hasn't been frustrated, disappointed, beat down. Um, I would imagine Jeff had to have been feeling all of those things at some point. So I'm not sure that he'll be able, you know, I think he needs a little bit of a rest. And whether that means putting him back down in the A or, or, or having him just get a different change of scenery, sometimes you just need a change of scenery. I think it'll be best for Jeff Blaschel. I think it'll be best for the Red Wings. Yeah, I mean, for me, it just it, – you look at you look at the, the roster and you just go, I, I really didn't expect anything, especially when you got down – you know, when you – you got past that one, you know, you got past this, you know, the beginning of the season where you kind of – did a great job. You played great, but then, you know, you haven't played really no one. You played a lot of teams that just are pretty bad. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's just the reality of the situation is they they were going to face the tough end of the schedule at the back end, and that's what happened is they faced the tough end of the schedule, and they got their asses kicked, and that's because they don't have the talent to compete with those guys. Well, they're in a tough division to start with. I mean, that division has got some of the best teams in hockey in it, and it was going to be an uphill climb for them to start with, no doubt, but I think that that will actually help them become a better organization in the future anyway because of the level of competition that they were playing with. I think now we just need to get – we need to get some fresh blood. We need to get some new perspective. We need to get a, a fresh set of, of, you know, head coach eyes on it. And I think that that's going to be best for everyone. That's still the route I'm taking, Joe. We'll have to see what Stevie Y does. I don't think Stevie Y is going to make the coaching change. I really don't. I mean, just, just the sediment around people that, like, are in the know. I really don't think that he's going to make a coaching change. I don't know if he's going to be able to sell tickets if he doesn't, Joe. I got to tell you, I well, think people are going to get disgusted. I'll tell you what, he he could sell tickets because when what sells tickets is is winning. You know, the reality of the situation is uh, we didn't know that Larkin has been dealing with an injury for quite some time after the All Star break. Yeah. So that could that could help that could kill you too. I mean. Th- there's things that have worked against the Red Wings. Listen, they had they needed a full roster to compete to get to the playoffs. Missing Verona for as much as they missed Verona, you know, probably 75% of the season was gone before he came back. You know, then Larkin gets hurt, you know. And they lost Bertuzzi, too, to all of those Canadian games, too. Right. So, it's, I mean, you weren't a deep team to begin with. So, when you start to lose guys like Verona, Larkin, Bertuzzi it's at points in the season – you're not deep enough to deal with that. Like, you're just not like you, you know, some teams can deal with it. Like the, the Tampa Bay lightning can miss Kucherov for the whole season and still end up in third place and still compete for a Stanley cup championship because they're, that's how good they are. But you're not like those teams. Like you're not, you're just not like, you don't have, you don't have guys in the second line who could step up to the first line and be, be guys that can play those minutes because I mean, if you have Larkin out, Pew Suter is going to be your first line center. And that sounds like a Pewy situation. <laughs> well, I'm not arguing those points. They're valid points. However, at some point you've got, you lose confidence in your leadership when you have consistent losses and you can excuse them away and you can say, yes, this is why. But when you have six consecutive seasons of disappointment losses and not you know, coming anywhere near, uh, you know, kind of respectable. I mean, it's just, it's getting better now, but I, I really, I really think if you want to instill some addition, you got to bring confidence back to the organization and you've got to really make guys think, Hey, we got a shot. Um, I think you got to bring in, I got to think you got to change it at the top. I really do. Heck, I would like to see Stevie Y you know, standing behind the bench, you know, wouldn't that create quite something? The GM is now the head coach as well, you know, and he's behind I, the bench. I just think, right? he, I think a lot of people miss the fact of it though. Like I really do. Like there's you no, know, there, a lot of these, these fans, they think that this team was ready to compete when they got up to a hot start. They thought they were ready to compete at the beginning of the year because Lucas Rainbow was playing good and Cider was playing like an all world rookie, which he is. But in the, in the NHL, I mean, you could look across the league this is a tough league. It's a very, very tough league. I mean, the NHL Eastern Conference, every playoff team has 100-plus points. Yeah. 
that's what yep. you that's what you're going against. So when you ask yourself, when you ask yourself, are they excuses? I don't think they're excuses. I really don't. I think when you when you ask yourself, what team in the playoffs are you better than? You'll say none of them. Because not you're not better than any of them. You're not even close to some of them. I mean, even a, even a team like Pittsburgh, who is not the the best Eastern Conference team, you're not even close to. You don't have a you don't have a Chris Letang and a Justin Schultz on the back end. You don't have a guy like a centerman of Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust. Oh, let's mix in a Jake Gensel. Like you don't you don't have that. And that's that's one of the teams in the East that you could say, maybe, maybe. New York, the Rangers, you don't, don't forget about it. The, the Rangers have more defensive talent than we have all throughout our roster. Well, it's, and I think it's going to be up to Stevie Y. And when you ask yourself, well, why is that? Well, why is that? And it's going to be up to the management and it's going to be up to the top brass to make the decisions to make this team competitive and give everyone the tools that they need. But I really do think uh, a coaching change is one of the things that needs to happen. Uh, they've given Jeff Flashel seven years and uh, granted he had, as, as you would say, you know, dog poop or something, um, yeah. you know, for a roster for five of those seven, I'm not going to argue that. However, uh, at some point you have to say, you know, this isn't the right fit or this isn't best for him. You know, and Steve, one thing Steve does is he's really good at taking a look from the player's perspective or from the coach's perspective and looking and saying, you know, is this good for this member of my team? You know, not is it also good for the organization, but he always has a, a great perspective in terms of what's good from, from the other side. And I think that if he looks from Jeff Blaschel's side, he'll say, I don't know if this is the best place for Jeff. I think Jeff has uh, more opportunity for more success in another organization. And Stevie would be selfless enough to say, all right, um, let's give him the best chance for success. Let's give our team a little bit of a change of pace and let's make a change here. I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to change out Jeff Blaschel. Um, and I think he's, he's given him more than enough latitude, more than enough opportunity. And I don't think he wants to waste any more time for anybody. Yeah. I really don't think he's going to make the change. Like I died. All right. We no, beat I, I, this one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to make the change. Like we're obviously going to end this right now, but I don't think he's going to make the change. And I just told you, I just said why, but the reality of the situation is like when Stevie Y looks at it, you said he's, he's a methodical person. He's gonna look. He's gonna look at it and be like, "Okay, which players they got better? Larkin's gotten better. Bertuzzi's gotten better. Raymond got better throughout the season. Cider got better throughout the season. Hironic, he's not good on the defensive end. He's just an offensive guy. But he he's been stagnant. And you can you can give the case that he might not even be in the future of the Reverend's plans. Just gotta see how their progress is going. You know." But, I mean, you might be right about that. So, we'll see about that. On the next segment of Between the Whistles, we'll be talking Detroit Tigers baseball as we look forward at their season that is not starting the greatest of ways. We will see you then. <laughs> 